0: If you would like to support this podcast, as well as our frontline treatment, prevention and helpline services, please consider donating five euros per month using the link in the episode description. Thank you. Hello and welcome to episode one of season two of the Problem Gambling podcast. I'm Barry Grant, an addiction counsellor with Problem Gambling Ireland. And with me is my co-host, Tony O'Reilly, also an addiction counsellor with problem gambling Ireland and an expert by lived experience and the co author of the brilliant book, Tony 10, which you should check out if you're of any interest in gambling addiction at all. Uh, if you're listening for the first time, I'd suggest that you might go back and listen to some of the episodes in season one. In particular, if you're kind of considering stopping gambling or concerned about your own gambling, have a listen to episode two of season one, where we kind of look at, Recovery 101, we kind of break down the basic starting points. Also, there's an episode in season one f- specifically for family members. If you're a family member looking for information, just go back and have a listen. Um, but we're delighted to announce at the start of season two that we have some great news. Uh, we have found a sponsor for the podcast. And I suppose uh, from our perspective, being a registered charity and being very careful about keeping our independence in this space. Uh, There's not very, very many organizations that we would be willing to partner with. Uh, And we were delighted to be able to make this uh, arrangement with a brilliant organization that we've been recommending their product to service users, helpline callers, uh, clients uh, going through the counseling service and family members and others for years now at this stage. We get great feedback about the product. We know that the product works really well for a lot of the people that we work with. Uh, The product is called Gamban. It's a blocking software that blocks access to online gambling services. And with us today is the VP of strategic partnerships at Gamban, Stephen Opie. Stephen, how are you, sir?
1: Uh, thanks for having me on the show today, Barry and Antony. So thank you very much, guys. I'm happy to be in conversation with you today and spread a bit of awareness about our solution.
0: Thanks, Steve. and again, thanks again for and to everyone at Gamban for sponsoring the podcast. It means a lot. Uh, we're a small charity, and any kind of any kind of support like that that we can get whether it's moral financial or otherwise <laughs> it's always welcome whether it's in terms of raising awareness or yeah across the board we're always happy to get support from organizations who we have respect for in this space mm-hmm. um so i suppose can you give us a little bit just starting out of the background the genesis of gamban who set it up why did they set it up yeah, no
1: problem, and um, yeah, we're obviously happy to help. We've been watching you from afar over in the UK, so just across the pond there. Um, really like the content that you guys are delivering, and uh, once regulation finally rolls out back home, um, I would hope that you're a a, a, well, a, key, a key player in in player protection or gambling cessation. Um, so just to bring everyone up to speed with Gamban, um, we're currently the best blocking solution in the global market. Uh, we block access to gambling sites and apps um, at device level, and that includes all unregulated and unlicensed gambling sites and apps. Um, we're cross-compatible with Windows, Android, Mac, and the iOS devices. Um, so, to give you guys a bit of a say, the genesis of Gamban, um, I'll delve into say the owner, Jack Simmons. Uh, Jack is a transparent and recovering uh, gambling addict. Um, and he decided to create Gamban. Um, Gamban was formed in October 2015 by Jack, who was eager to find a way to prevent himself from gambling um, online. Um, So he tested what was available currently um, in the market at that time relative to to blocking solutions, and what he found wasn't to our liking. Um, Back then, there wasn't any cross-compatible blocking solutions. So it was all dependent on what phone you were using. Um, So he decided to go ahead and build a prototype, um, which was brought to market around April 2016. Um, He brought it to market as a free piece of software that was accessible to anyone that happened to type Gamban into the Google search bar. Um, So that went on for a year. And by 2017, um, he realized that maintaining and staying in front of the tech, was one of the most, um, well, it's one of the most difficult things to do to be cross compatible. Um, So in order to kind of get us to the next level, he's gonna need substantial investment to take the product to the actual gambling industry in a unique fashion. Um, So around that point, we brought on an investor um, and created a board. And over the next two years, that would basically be a series of strengthening the tech, advancing its acceptance as a solution, and developing distribution streams so that it was easily available to anyone um, that was in need and had to present themselves through multiple channel, uh, channels. Um, so if I'm gonna talk about growth, um, our arch and strategy is to make Gamban, uh free to as many users as possible by minimal cost. Um, We've done so by developing effective distribution channels, um, starting in the UK market. Um, Obviously with gambling addiction, we understand that cost is a barrier to access. Um, So with blocking software entering the scene, um, back then we were an unknown entity. So mostly mainstream adoption uh, through traditional self-exclusion channels where problem gamblers presented themselves was going to be a lot more complicated than we initially thought. so after about a year in market, um, we spoke to GambleAware, and we encouraged the study to be undertaken by them to, to um, uh, test out our solution in comparison with all other blocking software um, on the market to see what was the most effective. We wanted to, to, uh, to, to get that comparison drawn out just for our own growth and um, to see where we currently lie. Um, one of the things that we were shocked about was we actually were validated as number one in the global market. Um, so that allowed us to validate the product and the effectiveness of Kanban and to enter into commercial um, arrangements to cr- cover off various treatment networks. Um, so uh, just as I started in Gamban, um, we created uh, a new strategy that would allow us to to align with gambling, online gambling operators, um, we call the process merge self-exclusion and um, that allows us to tether our solution to operator dis, um, operator self-exclusion durations, uh, which are normally six months to five year. So if um, an individual needs to self-exclude from an operator site, they can obtain Gamban for six months to five year according to the, the duration they want to exclude from gambling on um apart from that um we had to be obviously in the, in 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 the conversation relative to gambling addiction in the UK so um we ran more effective targeted marketing campaigns uh where we knew problem gamblers would be um one of the factors for growth that has currently brought us into the limelight has been say a national conversation about us Potentially entering um, the national self-exclusion scheme alongside GamCare and GamStop. Um, GamCare act as the um, they're the national helpline for problem gambling in the UK, and GamStop act as the national register um, for um, self-exclusion in the UK. Um, so we're very privileged and proud to be part. Um, of the conversation. And if we come into the equation, we will be the final part of protection, which will allow the, the individual to opt in to blocking themselves at device level from gambling sites and apps in, their enti- in, in its entirety. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we've aligned with um, key operators over the last two years, which have now turned into, um, well, extended partnerships. And more operators are adding more and more brands with us as the year goes on. Um, so it's very exciting times for us at the moment. Um, most recently, over, let's say, the last year and a half, um, we've actually started branching out into other jurisdictions around the world um, to see what way we can um, help um, be part of, say, national self-exclusion. Or, um, from say, uh, with government interactions through to operators, treatment service providers. Um, we want to help any way we can. Um, I, I guess one of the things that's made us um, more unique in comparison to other blocking solutions is how we how we view and, and see um, problem gamblers coming in through various channels. Um, when you look at gambling addiction in its entirety, um, you need to look at what it encompasses and where it comes from. Um, so one of the things that we delved into was, obviously we understand that gamblers can harm themselves and gambling operators' online sites, um, but they're initially enforced by a regulator or, or, or all online gambling in most jurisdictions is regulated, I'm not back home at this current moment in time. Uh, I just thought I'd throw that in there. Um, but um, we'd like to have a conversation with the regulator in multiple jurisdictions to see if they see the value in underpinning um, this national self exclusion through our solution. Um, if not, we can then we've got a we've created a commercial model where we we opt in with operator self exclusion. But you've also got to take into account the how to position gamban in a clinical setting. Um the the health sector is very important for gambling addiction. Uh, because gambling addiction is viewed as a mental health disorder in most jurisdictions, bar the U.S., um, so it's key that we integrate through treatment service providers and go down the health route. Um, so we we do like to explore um, conversations and, and and integrate through national helplines because gambling addiction is a very intricate form of addiction, and there's different methods of dealing with it. Um, so like I mentioned, we can integrate through operators, be enforced by the regulator, and then connect with treatment service providers or a national helpline. Um, and most recently, um, what is very interesting is we've started to be embraced by the financial institutions, um, especially in the UK, because uh, say online gambling has been ingrained in society the longest there. The banking institutions now acknowledge that they must play a pivotal role in say customer um, management or customer vulnerability. Um, At the end of the day, banking groups can see where um, they can track through a merchant number where customer payments are going to. So if they see an excessive amount going to online gambling operators, they know that there's potential for an issue to arise through gambling addiction. Um, So in January this year, we aligned with Lloyds Banking Group. Um, They've introduced the Gambling Block feature as of most banks in the UK now. And we are in conversation with a multitude of them um, to extend their offerings. So when somebody, um, a a customer in a banking group or in Lloyds to be precise, um, decides to opt in for the Gambling Block feature, they then get an opt-in for six months to one year protection with GamBan. Um, at device at device level again. Um, long-term, we've started delving into a little bit of research. Um, we are a blocking solution. Um, the way that we've kind of gained popularity is because of the various different ways. Um, we tackle gambling addiction through different routes. Um, but what we would like to do now is start investing back into the tech um, make it more connected to say treatment service providers, and um, just bridging the gap between adoption and treatment. And that's uh, a little bit of insight so far for Kanban.
0: William, well, there was loads in there, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was brilliant because, it, like, it was from yeah. What's that American expression? From uh, soup to nuts. You know, it's like the, 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 the whole thing. And like there was a there's a lot in that. So I suppose it was started by Jack Simmons, who is that sorry, I got
1: sorry, Jack Simmons is the founder. So yeah, yeah, Jack is very like Jack speaks at conferences. And this initially started as a passion project. Little did he know that this passion project would grow legs and become something much larger. Um, So I'm very proud of Jack because like I said, something that started as a passion project has led us to having multiple government level um, interactions and so on and so forth.
0: Um, Yeah. And that's great to see because, you know, I suppose for a lot of people in this space, it's about something that they have a a burning passion for. Otherwise you just wouldn't do it. It's too hard. Well, If you you do have some sort of passion about it or for it. Like lived
1: experience in the problem gambling world counts for everything. Um I'm sure you can count for that yourself, Tony. Uh, But uh, what makes Jack so passionate is he like I said, it was a passion project, but he didn't join the, or didn't set up Gamban for the money. He truly is out there to, to to help mass population, and that's what we want to do. Um just to touch and say Gamban on a B2C level. Um for Sorry,
0: just that's business. They, to just customer. Customer. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um so for anyone who's listening to this podcast, um if you are struggling with your online gambling behaviors um go to problemgamblingireland.ie um barry is the only entity at the moment that's actually offering Gamban at a discounted rate um but touching on jack um jack isn't in this for the money we're the best in the world at blocking access to gambling sites and apps um we're also the cheapest so in 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 the uk we're 24.99 um, off the top of my head in euros, I forget the conversion rate, but <laughs> it's still very cheap in comparison to anyone else. Um, and we actually, in the UK currently, we we actually offer a way of people to pay it on a monthly subscription just to make it that much cheaper because we truly do want people to be able to help themselves.
0: Yeah, and I suppose there's a lot of different options there. Just to correct, I'm sorry, it's problemgambling.ie. Is the website. Yes. Uh, and also, we'll have a link to. Uh, we have a very kindly received a discount code from Gamban, which knocks 20% off the price of the subscription, I think, for the first year, which is across multiple devices, which is fantastic because certainly, Tony, you would know this yourself from working with people, if you put it on your phone, which is the thing you might be doing all your gambling on, if it's not on your partner's phone, if it's not on your kid's phone, if it's not on your kid's tablet, if it's not on the family computer, then there's all these different potential routes to have a relapse, right? And the name of the game is relapse prevention, and that's where gambling can really play an important role as part of the recovery picture. It's not the whole picture, but it's it can be a really important part for anybody who gambles online. So maybe the easiest thing for anybody listening to the podcast, just go into the description of this episode. I'll have a link in there with the 20% discount code. That'll bring you to to Um, that way. Excuse me. So, yeah, also, as you were talking earlier on, you touched on a couple of important things. So if I look at the the analytics, say, for the podcasts, about two thirds of the people who listen to the podcast are in Ireland currently, that kind of changes. Over time, as well, and we're seeing more people coming in from other parts of the world. Next would be the UK, uh but we're talking about two very, very different situations there. Yeah. So, I mean, you're predominantly talking about the UK. A lot of our listeners are listening from the UK, which is fantastic. So, I might just tease out the differences between what's available, say, in the UK, and what's available to people in in Ireland. So. Let's say where you're linked in with operators and a person self excludes from an up from a particular uh, gambling website or app, which a lot of the people that we work with will do, they do that self exclusion process. Um, are you aware? Uh, uh, if let's say it's a Patty Power, for example, who would be available in both jurisdictions, do you work with Patty Power Bedfair? fair, yes, sir, so, level,
1: yeah, to to. So just so I don't confuse everyone back home, um, we're aligned with UK licensed operators. Now, given that Ireland is, crazily enough, it's not regulated, um, I wouldn't want to say that uh, Irish users can actually avail of it. Um, I don't actually know um, what the intricacies are with Irish punters on UK licensed sites. so at the moment, I would say your channel is the best to avail of Gamban. Mm-hmm. Um, And just to touch on that actually, um, what you mentioned there, Barry, was quite interesting and I forgot to mention it. Um, one of the things that we urge people to do is like, they call online or gambling addiction, the hidden addiction. There's some sort of stigma behind it and people do try to hide it. Um, whenever somebody wants to help themselves, we want to help you the best we can. So. Um, when when you decide to opt in for GamBan, um, we allow up to fifteen devices per URL. So that one user, it is very important to cover off the say devices in the the family household because gambling addiction doesn't just affect the user; it affects family and finances. Um, so it's very, I'm, I'm happy you mentioned that because I forgot to to to, to talk about that there, Barry. So. Um, with Gamban, we we allow up to fifteen devices, so you can cover off the whole household.
0: Yeah, and that's loads because I mean, even in my house, I have two teenage daughters. Uh, there are a lot of internet-enabled devices in my house, right? But even with that, uh, I think the fifteen would would cover the average household. I think yeah. with all of the many many different internet-enabled devices that are out there. Yeah. Um, so that's again, I'm supposed to be on the safe side. If you're in Ireland versus being in the UK, probably the easiest thing is just click on the the discount link that's in the description of this episode that'll bring you to the Gamban website. If you're in the UK, some operators will offer Gamban as part of the self-exclusion process f- for free for the duration of the self-exclusion, is that right?
1: That's correct. So, one of our overall aims is to make it if we don't have any um, people coming in through our direct website to actually buy it from themselves, um, the overarching strategy is to make it free to the end user, which would be paid by the industry, the gambling industry itself. So the way we view um, online operator websites, um, any of the key operators that we've aligned with, like, like Paddy Parr and a few of their brands, um they acknowledge that a lot of the issues stem from their platforms so they 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 have a responsibility to look after their their player base um so that the, they make it free to the end user it's very important that we acknowledge that because the issues do stem from operator and gambling sites that's where we see the highest level of adoption
0: yeah so it's good to know that but <clears throat> i just wanted to clarify that because of the mix of it's not just UK and Ireland, there'll be other jurisdictions as well that people will be listening from. And unfortunately, there's no there is no harmonization of regulation across even Europe, never mind the wider world, right? And we'd have a lot of people different listening in a, in a lot of different places. Um, And the other thing you touched on, and we've spoken about this a little bit previously in the previous season of the podcast, Tony, as well, is what the banks in the UK are doing versus what the banks in Ireland are doing. I mean, so many of the main kind of big name high street banks in the UK offer some sort of uh, blocking at, solution at source or an option to block. And then I think some of them have a cooling off period. I know it's a mixed bag across yeah. the different, different banking operators. There's nothing in Ireland. I know from we've had it with clients sometimes they they're vulnerable customer's team if you phone them up but a lot of the kind of main street banks they will allow you to block specific merchant codes of specific gambling sites that you've already been to in the past right and that has some value but there are thousands and thousands and thousands of different online gambling operators out there what would really be more effective and useful to people with a gambling problem will be a complete block for across online gambling, which can be done because it's being done in the UK. But yeah. again, for people in Ireland, we're trying to encourage banks to get with the program on that one, but we're a little bit behind. So there's there's big differences there. I know that, you know we talked to a lot of people in the UK and we've had guests on from the UK and there are issues and there are deficits in the regulation system yeah. in the UK, but it's still light years ahead of where we are.
1: It, yeah, it's, it, it blows my mind actually that there's like no regulation in Ireland, um, just a bit of my background, um, when I left secondary school in Dublin, I actually worked for Paddy Parr Betfair, um, well Paddy Parr at the time, uh, for four years as a sports specialist, um, little did I know then, that was actually the birth of online gambling, and uh, nearly 20 years later, they're the biggest gambling entity on the planet. Um, but when you're talking about a gambling block feature, um, the, it's, it's introduced in markets that are regulated. Ireland isn't regulated, which is why it's not in mainstream conversation with society. Um, the UK is a prime example um, uh, of a market that's regulated, is rife with gambling addiction but the government are actually doing something about it alongside the regulator. Um, they, like I mentioned earlier, like banks do p- play a pivotal role, especially when it comes to customer vulnerability. Um, so the fact that they've taken the initiative and, and started to, to work with groups like us as an extension of that offering is amazing. Um, but it's not only just the UK we're in conversation with, So we're in conversation with banking groups in Australia, New Zealand, and the US as well at
0: the moment. Yeah and that's brilliant and because i mean the nature of online gambling is that it's it's a global product right it doesn't respect no. nat- national boundaries or borders or any of that stuff it's like and you know i i know gamban kind of work on uh, uh, kind of blocking uh, what do you call them unlicensed operators so they might be based in curacao or whatever Uh, And, you know, UK customers might be able to access them, uh, but they don't have a license to operate in the UK. You've no consumer protections whatsoever. I mean, some of the people that Tony and I have worked with, you know, through the self-exclusion process, again, there's no multi-operator self-exclusion service in Ireland. So they're individually going self-exclude, self-exclude, self-exclude. Then they relapse, open up more accounts, and eventually you get to a point where the big players are gone, the kind of legitimate big name gambling operators are gone. And all you're left with, excuse me, all you're left with are unlicensed operators at that point for a lot of people. Yeah.
1: Um, I guess one of the things that has really pushed us into the limelight, without going into too much industry talk for the listeners, um, black market influence is something that every government around the world struggle with. Um, so just so the users understand, for an online bookies to actually offer odds to you in your in your country, they must have a license. Um, black market operators market to society in your country and uh, don't have a license. So regardless when you self exclude at say a national level in the UK, unfortunately there is the opportunity to go on Google and find an illegal site. Um, so where Kanban is very powerful, um, from that aspect, it is through device blocking. Um, once you have GamBan on your device, you're blocked from all gambling activity online, um, which is very powerful. Um, it, our tech alone has probably blocked maybe four sites during this conversation already. And um, what puts our block, um, our blocking capabilities ahead of most people is we've obviously got the the, the tech doing um, automatically but uh, we also do human blocking as well. So to give you an example of that, one of the things you don't want to do is over block. So for example, other solutions that we found, uh, well, that Jack found whilst creating Kanban was you could type in keywords like chips, and then you'd be blocked from accessing your local chippy. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that, that's just a small example as to how over blocking works. <laughs>
2: Not a bad thing either.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
1: it well, especially
2: like... during coronavirus
1: and lockdown, <laughs> and that I don't know about you guys, but I, I put I packed on a few pounds, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, most definitely. That's a, one of the big ones. And I suppose we, you mentioned COVID there and the kind of whole restrictions around. I mean, certainly, we at the beginning it was interesting. COVID, you might remember this really the restrictions started happening in the last kind of day or two of the Cheltenham festival. Right. Right. And normally if I look back at the website traffic year on year, uh, it's the week after Cheltenham, we just get this massive spike because people, of course, for a variety of reasons kind of lose control (coughs) around that time. And then they'd be either looking for information or contacting our service. It was deadly quiet. It was deadly quiet because the the actual kind of lockdown restrictions kicked in that Friday, I think, at the end of the, the Chapman Festival. Deadly quiet, like tumbleweed for the first few weeks. And then, bang, we started seeing more and more people, people who'd been in good recovery, who'd relapsed during lockdown, people who had only really dabbled in gambling before, absolutely losing control during yeah. lockdown. Uh, we were What kind of trends have GamBan seen during this time?
1: So, globally, it's been very interesting for. I'll just touch on the gambling industry quickly. Um, coronavirus has impacted, say, online gambling uh, globally, purely because the, the main focus or the main way people like to enjoy gambling is by betting on sports. So, one of the things that's been very interesting is we've seen a rise in esports. So for example, in Nevada, they introduced a, a bill um, or a law on wagering where you're allowed to wager on things like Counter-Strike and FIFA. So the gambling world has changed as per se is they're now offering things that are gonna be attractive to say the next generation of gambler, which will be betting on computer games, which is crazy. Um, from a Kanban perspective, um, We had a lot more traffic to the site, but between April and June um, through our customer support channels, we actually had um, a rise in people coming in asking for us to take the block off. We've never experienced that before, and it was happening quite frequently, so um, one thing that we did acknowledge, whether in isolation or in lockdown, we knew people were going to present themselves. Um, like, I don't know about you guys, but I hate it locked down. I was severely bored Um, find a ways to entertain myself. So I was just eating more, <laughs> but other people have different vices. Um, we understand globally, there is a rise in say alcohol, uh, drugs, and obviously gambling. Um, so from a gambling perspective, a lot more people coming in asking for us to take the block off.
0: Yeah, I suppose that's a worrying trend if it's something they haven't really seen before that would indicate, I suppose, strong urges to gamble. You know, somebody who's made a conscious decision, who's acknowledged that this their gambling is problematic or dangerous or harmful in some way, then getting so desperate or, or bored or such intense urges that they want to have that, that protection, that layer of protection removed. Tony, you want to come in there?
2: Yeah, just come in on that as well with the COVID. Like, over the last number of weeks noticed a lot of people contacting that their teenage son or daughter who in Ireland, we got, you know, people who may have been just on part-time jobs before and got the full COVID payment of 350 euro. And what they found was that because of the fact that they had extra money, because of the fact that boredom in that they discovered or they went online and a good few parents have kind of said that they just, went online and just blew all the money so they, they nearly developed an online gambling addiction because of the conditions of covid whether that be lockdown or extra money you know we talk about time access and money mm-hmm. so they definitely the the time and the money were big factors but also the access the ease of access of online you know as you said you can get it from any device within the house so it is when i was talking to the parents the first thing you always would suggest would be gamban as a blocking software because that cuts off the direct access now that, as we said earlier on, that won't, the person can still get a bed on in, in bookie shops. But it is it is that first line of defense as a safety net for when the person is motivated to try change. And when the compulsion comes, it's like you nearly reach for the phone to try and place a bed. You can kind go, of, oh, I can't place on that. So it's nearly like it helps you to kind of move through that compulsion if the only other op- option is to walk into town to place a bed in an actual physical shop. What I did find is that it really does help in that side of it, but also the challenges of, you know, having a, a system where people can self exclude it from face to face gambling. I suppose I know we're going off topic a little bit, but that would be something that maybe could be looked at on, um, maybe on an app that you could do it, that you could, I know that in, in certain bookmakers that to take a picture and you have designed, it, but maybe it could be something that you could include into it that you can actually self exclude for the online, but also that actually, can you, you can do it to the actually physical bookies as well. So that might send a picture or whatever goes from that. So, but we did notice that the conditions of the COVID um, pandemic and what happened from that has had a huge rise of people finding online. And we did find out mid COVID as well, where a lot of people were drifting from um, maybe land-based bookies into the online world. So I'm sure there's been a huge spike in that side of it, which will eventually lead to problems or can lead to problems.
1: Yeah it's it's quite interesting you mentioned that Tony um another one of the trends that I've noticed um for multiple jurisdictions around the globe is the the rise in CBT tools cognitive behavioral therapy tools which encompasses a tech for treatment like gamban for example alongside with with counseling online um So there's a lot of connectivity with regards to what you're talking about. Um, I know in the UK, you can self exclude from physical gambling stores as well, or the the bookies physically. Um, I would love to see something like that happen back home as well. Um, But yeah, the cognitive behavioral therapy tools are now on the rise as well.
0: Yeah. And I suppose just briefly on that thing, that kind of multi-operator self exclusion for land-based I suppose there's so many issues around GDPR there, where you have to put all your details into some centralized database. And then that information has to go out to every land-based operator. That's going to take a bit of time in Ireland to get that set up and right. But it's been, that's been in the UK for a good few years. Uh, Like you can say, I think if I understand it correctly, if you live in Hull, you can contact the, the, the independent service and say, look, bar me from every land-based gambling venue in hull you know and again we're way 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 away from that here but that would be sorely needed but okay back to the to, i suppose to the online side of things i mean tony uh, uh, i know it, it we kind of touched on it before we started today in terms of your own experience um going back there wasn't really anything like this but i suppose in terms of working with clients day to day at the moment or talking to people on the helpline have you kind of seen any benefit with say people using gamban
2: definitely like just going back to our episode or season one where we talk about time access and money you know you like you can you can cut off the money side things with giving control of money up um, time is something, you know, people to try fill in and fill up their activities to kind of minimize the amount of time that they may start or be spending thinking about gambling, but also the big one is access, so any any people that you meet who who present for um, treatment or for help or any family members, it's always the first thing that you'll suggest is the access side of things, you know, to cut off the access, now it's not it's, you, you, as we said earlier, you do need the, the person motivated to change as well, but it does yeah create such a really, really helpful safety net for that person. And a couple of clients come to mind, one in particular where, you know, we were chatting every weekend, they were struggling, you know, the, the payment was coming in on a Monday evening and they went online eleven o'clock when the payment came in for their payment on the Tuesday they came in probably during the night and they went on and lost all their money. And you for weeks and weeks I was suggesting um Gamban as a as a as a kind of tool to Kind of take that out of the equation the, the access so at least the, you gave yourself a chance that you didn't have access straight away to it and for weeks and weeks there was, there was there was such a resistance to it it was like that you were taking away that last little bit of control or last little bit of um i don't know what way to put it but it, that the person just kind of pulled and pulled against it and eventually they went on and actually did subscribe mm-hmm. and got and got the kind of trial on it and it made such a difference. And but what happened was in the trial finished, they let it lapse and they went back and they saw that they came off the phone and use it. But since then the person is is in really good recovery for the last couple of months. They got they went back and they sub, just actually subscribed again. And it's been a huge part in their um in their recovery because when the compulsion does come, it that it's that first kind of block to them and they kind of can get through the compulsion and work through it using all the cognitive tools that we work with in our in in therapy as well but it is a huge part um of the recovery process having something very you know that works really well alongside with the kind of um engaging with them on a on a counseling level as well i think it's a huge part of it and the practical Mm -hmm. side things are really important especially when you're working with cbt it's kind of like it gives you that opportunity in my experience working with people that you need to get that break away you need to get that first couple of weeks away so that they're you know the head starts to slow down so they can start really working with the with the client and you know things like gamban gives that person that chance because they can work through the compulsion and they can trust that they can work through it so they, it's a huge safety net
1: yeah and just just to touch on that actually tony um what what i guess the the listeners don't know is when you download Gamban to your device, you don't know that you have a blocking solution on your device. The only way you know you have Gamban on your phone, on your tablet, on your computer, the only time you will know is when you actually try to access a Gambling Insider app and then you get brought to a block page. So it's very non intrusive in that sense where no one actually realizes it's on the device. It doesn't affect your device in any way. And um, uh, just to, to also touch on access. Um, don't quote me in this, but I believe it's nearly 40% of um, the population of Ireland are based in say rural or isolated areas. Um, so where Gambon is quite beneficial in that sense is if they don't have access to treatment easily in a physical sense, then Gambon is a tool that can help with controlling their, their, their gambling behaviors because they can't access it once it's on device. So I uh, just thought I'd throw that in there because um, obviously compare Ireland population to, to London. I think London probably has more people compared to the full country. So I just thought I'd throw that in there because I understand a lot of people are in the sticks and whatnot. So
2: Just to touch on what you're saying there as well, yeah. there's a couple of people that you would work with and you'd mention it and they'd say that, oh, I, I don't want to put it on, they may have put it on their own phone, but they're saying, I don't want to put it on my work phone because in case that they, um, work season, have it on it. It might bring up a a conversation that they're not comfortable with. So what would kind of your, your thoughts be on that or.
1: Well, it's actually one of the things I didn't touch on. Um, we do offer a, um, offer a service to enterprise business. Um, so to, to say big kind of organizations that acknowledge, because if you're looking at say enterprise business, at large, they do offer services to your employees like um, alcohol addiction, um, drugs addiction, and then obviously gambling addiction is known as the the hidden addiction. So it, it depends with that ethos in mind. Um, we're able to offer enterprise business to block on all of their devices through the domain, uh, through the domain email address. Um, I guess what the, to answer your question, Tony is the only way there the the say, the, 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 the employer who owns the device would would know um, if Gamban's on it, is if they try to access the gambling site or app, <laughs> and the blog page would pop up. Um, I guess, in as a work device, the employer probably wouldn't. But um, we do offer, um, we, we, we do give an offering to businesses that do want to take, a say, a step further and, uh, and offer something relative to gambling for, for the workforce.
0: Sorry, Stephen, I, I think maybe I, I might have misunderstood it, but I think what somebody's okay. talking about is let's say I have my personal phone and I have my work phone. Can yeah. I as an individual put Gamban on my work phone without my employer knowing about knowing about it?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do you you would be able to, yeah.
0: yeah. It wouldn't flag
1: up anything on your on your employees um, data list or anything like that. Yeah. It, it, like you gotta remember we're available through the app stores as well. So it would just be like downloading um, an app dependent on your jurisdiction or through the URL link.
0: Brilliant, yeah. So we we're going to talk a little bit because I suppose the advantage that Gamban has is that you have kind of a global view. You know, you're talking about you're, you're looking at things in the United States where they're legalizing sports betting. Uh, in a lot of the, the states and it's kind of a lot of them are kind of coming online at the moment uh, you're across europe you're you're talking about kind of banks in new zealand and australia earlier on so i mean yeah. you have this kind of bird's eye view <laughs> of everything that's happening regulation wise which is a mixed bag yeah. all across the world with all that knowledge and information that you have what if you were talking say to the irish government because they're pretty much starting with a blank slate like there's nothing here what would you be kind of pitching to them as best practice? So,
1: especially during COVID, so what COVID has done for the remote gambling world is it's actually sped up the rollout of online gambling as a form of entertainment to multiple countries. So every government views this form of entertainment uh, through the lens of mass revenue. Um, Now, what normally tends to happen in a lot of markets, not every market, but most markets, They roll out online gambling and um, they're focused on revenue and player protection gets put aside. But um, as Tony touched on earlier, accessibility to online gambling when it's in your society, if you're struggling with gambling addiction, it's very hard to stay away from. So, which I'm shocked that it really does blow my mind that that there isn't any regulation back home, considering I worked for Paddy Powers in Dublin for four years. Um, so as Ireland's about to emerge for regulation, um, it's very important um, that they they take into account an infrastructure based around, say, the, the health system um, to, to actually look after gambling addiction. So it could be as basic as having um, just a national helpline um, and then kind of correlate that towards a national self-exclusion scheme to be underpinned by a solution like ourselves or just to have say an online registrar because what happens is over time, uh, whilst gambling is a form of entertainment, socioeconomic issues do stem from it and gambling addiction doesn't just affect the player like I touched on earlier, it affects their families, it affects their their finances, personal life and uh, working life. So if you're looking at through the lens of of the government viewing um, what's happening to the country long-term, It is detrimental to uh, society. So I believe that the the Irish regulator or government should start mapping out an infrastructure, treatment centres and helplines to really start looking after anyone who might present themselves to be vulnerable to online gambling
0: harms. Yeah, brilliant. Tony, any thoughts, any questions for Stephen?
2: Um, Probably just something that kind of came through my mind when we were talking earlier on is that during the actual COVID, the early stages, when you were saying like there was there wasn't as much contact to the helpline, um, talking to people or talking to clients or talking to people who did contact, what we found was that when the actual racing or the sports was taken out of the equation, and when the bookies were, were taken out of the equation, people who who, who hadn't discovered online will say that they said that they found it easier not to um, gamble because that world was closed off them so then even when i'm talking to people with um who are gambling online i saying it's all about closing that world in as much as you can off to yourself when you're motivated to make those changes it's about the more you can close off you know the the, the access to money or the more more you can close off the access to like sport has, has come back but yeah. people said that they found it easier knowing that the bookies were was closed so if you can you know if you can block yourself online knowing mm-hmm. that you're blocked online psychologically can really play a big A big part in in your recovery because you can say well i know that i cannot access online so kind of again you're trying to create a world where gambling is not a part of it that's you know that's probably the aim of therapy but also it's to um that you know having the blocking software in place but also self-exclusion plays i think plays a huge part in that because it does make it that little bit easier when you know that well i can't have access to it online or i can't access to it. in my local bookies. I think that's a huge part. And people kind of tend to um, leave kind of sometimes, as I said, around pull against that. You're going to come in there, Barry?
0: Yeah, sorry. People, a lot of people do pull against. I've worked with your, I was smiling earlier on when you were talking about the client resistance. (laughs) I've had that with a few people and it's like pulling teeth and I suppose you have to be patient and you roll with where the person is at. Even though you know, look, this is going to make a major, major positive change in your life. You just have to let the person get there in their own time. And then, you know, so many times people do it and it's like, oh, such a relief, you know. And they might test it once or they sit down with a partner and go, yeah, you know, type in the name of some gambling website there. And they say, okay, that's blocked. And then they never, that's it. They just know that they can't. Right? They don't test it a million different times Gone. well, I wonder, does it work on this and does it work on this? No, it's just like bang. Oh, and then there's that sense of relief when they've finally done it. It's like, OK, that's great. Because so many people that we, myself and Tony would work with, I'm sure you see this, Tony, as well, have never been inside of a physical gambling venue. They've yeah. never set foot in a bookie shop. They've never been in a casino. They've never been in an amusement arcade. <laughs> they've never been at a horse track. Never. It's always been online. And once you remove that it's like well they don't think about the other things because it's never been on the menu it's never been part of their lived right. experience um yeah. but yeah th- that's uh, yeah it is such psychologically it's such a important part of it because it's same thing with 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 self-exclusion from a physical gambling venue it's that psychological thing of i am committing to making this change yeah right um, sorry stephen go on
1: sorry just to touch on that um so First of all, I want to just answer, well, touch a pick up on something that you, you said there, Barry, and then to to touch on access with what you mentioned there, Tony. Um, So most of the people that you guys speak to have never been in a physical establishment. So they're coming on to you guys to speak about their, their gambling behaviors, and it's not regulated. I, I find that mind-blowing. Um, that's crazy. Um, and secondly, Tony, what's kind of happening here in the UK is, um, it's all about creating barriers to access through different points. Um, so like I touched on earlier, you've got the financial through the banking systems. Um, then you've got national self-exclusion through Gamstop, which acts as a UK registrar to to prevent yourself from accessing all licensed sites in the UK. Uh, you've got Gamcare, um, they're the national helpline. And we've entered the the conversation to be, say, the final port of call to to block all access at device level. But it's very much about creating as much friction as possible in these key areas. So when you kind of corner each area off, providing there's an opt-in and a willingness from from the person to do so, it proves to be quite effective. I would like to, sorry, just to touch on that. Like, uh, I guess if, if the government are listening to this, that they should really be considering a similar approach for gambling cessation because if there's already issues that's, that, that are bubbling or boiling over the pot, um, you can only imagine what they need to already take into account when they start to roll out regulation from like a player protection perspective.
0: Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And I, like, while there are, I suppose, problems inherent in the system in the UK, you know, there's a review coming up uh, there's a desire to do something about it and there's an actual regulator <laughs> even though yeah. there are issues there we are just like i suppose the, the, if you were looking for one upside or one positive in ireland is the you get to start with a blank slate and you can look at your nearest neighbor and go okay learn from where the, the teething problems and the different issues were there now i'm conscious at a time i know tony as an appointment to get to anything you'd like to say to to the listener today Stephen before we finish up anything that you feel that it's important to know for somebody who might be sitting there at home like a lot of people who eventually call the helpline i've found they've gone through the, you know, every page of the website and they've watched loads of youtube clips and they've done every bit of research before they ever pick up the phone right so a lot of the people yeah. out there i suppose it's probably only a tiny percentage of those people ever pick up the phone so a lot of people use these kind of self-help things materials whether it's a podcast YouTube clips, reading people's blogs, different things like that. To that person, if they're in crisis, if they're struggling, if they're really worried about their own gambling, want to try and get some level of control around it, what would you say to
1: Yeah, Well, well, first of all, thanks for that, Barry. Um, First of all, I'd like to touch on we're currently living in uh, an age of, say, technology and innovation. Gambling addiction for many years has been called the hidden addiction, Um, with the amount of, say, digital addiction going on outside of gambling at the moment, and digital resiliency and mental health, all relative to, say, uh, anything in the digital setting. If you are experiencing any um, gambling, any fear about your gambling behaviors, please don't be quiet about it. Um, go speak with someone, uh, call up the helpline, Speak with problem gambling.ie. Um, um, log on to the site, but you, you are not alone. And um, if you want to really take back control of your life, Gamban is a tool that will help you do so, but you need to want to help yourself. Um, so if anyone is struggling, speak to someone and know that there is help and tech like ours out there to help you on
0: your recovery path. Brilliant. Thanks, Stephen. Tony, any thoughts before we finish up?
2: Yeah, just, I suppose, Declan, who co-wrote the book, all, like often refers to the online gambling as nearly like a new addiction. It's not like, you know, it's not
1: yeah. so
2: many differences to gambling addiction as we would have known it before online. And I suppose just looking back on my own kind of journey through a gambling addiction like online like was where it really took off. And I suppose it's, it's so important to have these conversations and people know about these products and people are aware that there is support out there because I suppose would all would kind of responsible gambling um orgy being big part or very in your face when i was gambling probably not but i know that between lots of effort in the uk and like our own effort over here and other great charities over here and organizations over here and over in the uk we are trying to create such a big awareness so at least when someone is in that space or they are looking at their gambler kind of thinking hold on this is kind of going not the way i wanted to go and i'm kind of slipping further down that gambling continuum it's about knowing that there are services like gamma and services like um you know treatment services and the more we can talk about it on the likes of the, the the kind of um podcasts and you know as all the supports barry mentioned as well the better it is because i suppose i wasn't <clears throat> excuse me i wasn't aware that there was that support or that thing even when and in them moments of clarity very few moments I, I may say of kind of saying hold on now, I, may, I, I need to look at this i wasn't aware of all the different options or services and um, but then it got to a point of point of no return where i wouldn't have been open to them anyway but there is a there is a point where you can kind of catch people and the more we know about the services the more we know about how these services work like how GamBan works and the, the ins and outs of it the better because then we can really help people from slipping too far down that continuum where it becomes a gambling disorder, a gambling addiction, and end up with stories like mine or stories like so many that we hear week on week, and um, mm-hmm. day on day within the service. So yeah, it was great to have a chat and even for me to get more of an insight into it. So at least I know that I can be more confident when um, offering it as a support to say, well, this is exactly how it works. Because um, for me, I would have known bits and pieces around it as Barry said, I hadn't read up on it um, probably as much as probably I should have um but at least now i know exactly how it works at least you can you can really make a strong case where this is you really need to put this in place so again thanks for coming on and sharing your insights with us
1: No lads uh, for me obviously uh, being an irish man abroad it's, it's great to obviously hear a few more irish accents i'm not very used to them these days and um obviously be part of the conversation for help back home so thank you very much both of you for having me on today
0: Thanks a million, Stephen, and thanks, Tony. It's great to be back doing this. Actually, I missed these. Uh, those are our little yeah. Wednesday rituals all through the lockdown. Because <laughs> like, Tony Tony <laughs> lives about 10 kilometers from my house, but we were both on this two kilometer lockdown and then a five kilometer lockdown. And like Wednesday was one of our chances to check in and meet with the guests and have great chats. and. Do all this stuff, so I missed this. It's great to be back, and it's great to have a a sponsor on board. You know, one that we've been, I suppose, promoting and are always happy to promote and get such positive feedback from uh, from the people that we recommend the the product to in the name of Gamba and the blocking software, Stephen Opie. VP of Strategic Partnerships I got it right, yes <laughs> Thanks a million for talking to us today and uh, stay tuned because we'll be back again next week for another episode Thank you and Thank you guys Thank you. If you would like to support this podcast as well as our frontline treatment, prevention and helpline services please consider donating €5 Euros per month using the link in the episode description Thank you